This episode of the MGMA podcast is brought to you by Walmart Business. It's the Walmart you love, now for business. Get everything you need for your staff and patients in one place. Enjoy big savings on health and safety products, cleaning supplies, over-the-counter medications, and much more. And don't forget the break room snacks. Create a free account today and start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. The most underutilized piece of information that executives in the, the medical field can can really take advantage of is their staff. Listen to your staff. Uh, talk to them about, you know, what are you doing over and over? Are there are there activities in your day that feel um, feel to bring frustration and how can we help with that, right? So if you have someone saying, you know, I always have to bring someone up to sign this particular form at a different time in the workflow than they're signing every other form. Uh, or I don't ever know if I'm going to need this piece of information to a, for, from a patient until after their visit because we're not asking the questions in the right order or we're not taking advantage of um, the actual uh, technology that's available. That's Chrissy Hudson talking about how to use technology and communication to remove administrative burdens from medical practice staff. We'll hear more from Chrissy in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Is your answering service helping your practice do more with less? Does your answering service function as a seamless extension of your practice? Improve the patient experience, increase staff productivity, and enhance your practice's communication with CCSP. CCSP has built their services and features specifically to help save on your bottom line with a focus on measurable, high-impact results. CCSP is committed to the patient-provider experience with packages starting at only $35 and the ability to scale as little or as much as needed, CCSP is ready to learn how you measure success and build a custom solution to meet it. Learn more at callcentersalespro.com slash MGMA. Spend more time doing what you love, caring for patients, and less time on clinical documentation. Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, captures the patient story securely and accurately to automatically document at the point of care for increased efficiency and patient throughput. Discover how DAX provides a better patient experience and eliminates afterward documentation. Visit nuance.com DAX to sign up for a live stream demo and explore how DAX, Nuance's ambient clinical intelligence solution can transform your organization. Our guest today is Chrissy Hudson, Product Line Director for Pre-Service Solutions at Availity. Chrissy's here today to talk about how providers can reduce administrative burden and improve employee satisfaction by integrating technology into everyday processes. 
Chrissy, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's um, great to be with you guys today and your audience. Yeah. Now, you're currently product line director of Availity. Give us an idea of how COVID has impacted the way you're doing your work, the way that uh, physician practices are performing their daily administrative task as well. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great way to start because COVID really has changed our lives in so many ways, not just from the the pandemic portion and how we've how we have addressed that, and we are starting to come out on the other side in terms of you know the vaccines and some return to normal. But um, I think that normal is going to look a little bit different because we have all learned to do um, so much more remotely um, and without that direct person to person contact. So. Uh, personally, with us at Availity, we've been remote for um, probably about a year and a uh, year plus now. And for us in product, we really uh, thrive on making sure that we're out with our customers, right? That we're in offices, that we're in hospitals, that we're we're understanding how we can make our customers' lives more um, efficient and how we can bring better technologies. And we haven't been able to be on the road because those those physician practices were dedicated solely to having folks in the office for physician care, making sure we were social distancing and really becoming much more effective with work from home. And that's something, um, one of the last industries to really become very, uh, I would say adept at working from home are those direct patient care uh, type uh, roles, right? So it's not easy to figure out how do you get someone who's working as a registrar um, or someone who is working in the administrative side of healthcare to not be in the same place that the patients and the providers are. So that was a huge impact to the organization, a huge impact um, to really the, the industry so that they uh, had to figure out how to bring those tools um, in, into play so that you could have employees who were working from their, their home office. Mm -hmm. As you know, successful medical practices have great processes. They have great follow through on those processes as well. So let's talk about that. How have those been challenged? What are some of the processes that have been challenged the most and have been stressful for that office uh, staff? I really think it's, um, it's preparing those administrative type um, activities to to issue care. So we'd like to always think that the main goal of all interactions between a provider and their patient has to do with just issuing the care, right? The physician, the practitioners interacting with that patient. But so much of it um, is on the administrative side to make sure we understand the eligibility of a patient. Who is their um, who, what a payer do they have? What plan do they have? What rules need to be followed in order to make sure that that patient um, receives the most cost-effective care, that they have access to um, their in-network providers and that the appropriate medical guidelines are followed for their particular policy. So really ensuring that they have good tools to um, prepare for those visits, all of the pre-service activities. So everything from um, eligibility and benefits to preparation of uh, out-of-pocket or uh, estimation for the actual cost share for the patient, all the way to medical necessity and authorizations. We've really had to look in uh, as those that provide the technology in the industry, look at how we can make that much more efficient. And really COVID has, has spurred the need for that even more than it was, um, even to be even more present than it was prior to. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to return to successful practices. I want to focus in on some of those. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, I think it's embracing the technology. Mm -hmm. uh, it is embracing the ability to um, know that, for instance, you take registrars, you move them home, right? Or they're not working in uh, a secured uh, practice location. It's not as easy to have fax machines or to make multiple phone calls. You're looking for really what are integration points? How can you use technology to provide information to you that says, you know, Daniel's coming in for a, a visit today. We know that he is going to need an MRI on his shoulder. Is he going to need a uh, authorization for that? What is his out of pocket going to be? So rather than having to make three or four phone calls to the payer, um, having to, you know, send a fax with a bunch of medical records attached, waiting for that response, what, how can you use various points of technology like through various EDI channels with your practice management systems, with your HIS systems, and with vendors such as Availity to provide you with that good information in an integrated, um, touchless fashion, right? So how do you prepare for that visit in a much more automated uh, way? Because one of the other, um, one of the other changes we've seen from COVID is really the the practices were forced to do more with less, right? Mm -hmm. um, the belts had tightened and there was less staffing available. And as you're doing that, you have to figure out how to be much more, um, much more effective uh, with a limited number of people. And one of the few ways um, that you really can do that is by a greater uh, um, adaption to technology in the space. Mm -hmm. I I've talked about this on the podcast recently. I've gone back to the doctor since the pandemic. I've seen process changes. I've seen a lot more uh, implementation and embracing of contactless uh, patient experiences. I've seen them communicate with me either through text or phone on the way in, you know, before I even get there. So I'm not spending all that time filling out those forms once I get there and worrying about, am I going to get sick by touching <laughs> these pens and papers that are in there, you know, all right. those kind of things. But I want to go to the barriers in the past, because what we've seen with the pandemic, and in some cases, maybe practices were ready to embrace technology. Maybe some other ones were going, look, we got to adopt telehealth, telemedicine right away, or we're going to be in trouble here. So in the past, what have been these key barriers then to practices adopting technology that was either there for them or, you know, maybe in some cases, there certainly we were waiting for regulatory uh, you know, some regulations to lessen there. So those would be loosened. People could use telemedicine and telehealth, but what have been those barriers? Yeah, there's really about three areas I tend to focus on in, in that area, in that question, Daniel. The first is that there is a need for very, um, very seamless points of technical integration, right? So in order to really make that plunge, the practices had to see that there was there was something better on the other side, right? Is there a way that we can stop doing something manually and that we can replace that with an automated fashion? Because at times there will be a cost associated with that automation. So you have to see what is the what is the um, what is the benefit? What is your cost benefit analysis? And how can the providers of that automation really shine the light on the um, ROI or the overall return on investment for embracing those technologies? So that's at the more the, the management level, the strategic decision. You know, how do we embrace on 
um, that path to change from a technical perspective. The next is what you uh, really mentioned, the industry had to be ready, right? So there had to be regulatory change, specifically in, in telehealth and some of the, um, the movement that we saw there with government payers. Government payers tend to lead the way. Um, they, they, are, they can be slow to change, but once they adopt, often commercial payers will come right behind, and we saw that, so that there was more freedom to receive telehealth visits. And as you see that sparking in the industry, the patients are going to um, sort of request that that not go away just because COVID has um, has ebbed down, right? So something I've noticed, you know, my, my parents personally, they've been able to do telehealth visits for very routine follow-up after blood work, where really the, the, the interaction was just a, a conversation with their provider um, that can be had on the phone now. And it's much more efficient for both the provider and um, the patient, as long as you have the right tools to facilitate that, um, that telehealth visit. And then the last pillar really is there's, there's some emotional change management that needs to be addressed within all of these organizations. There is so much um, what I sort of um, tribal knowledge and ingrained features of how you have done um, processes in the past in many physician practices. And that that leads to how you feel comfortable when you go to the doctor you know you see the same person you you it, you develop those relationships and it feels very much like well if we change this could we potentially break that um that ability to satisfy our patients and you have to figure out how to you know really explain to your staff if we put more automation this is not to replace a part of your job this is to allow you to refocus and to, to center your attention on the interactions that you are having with the patient and how you can really improve patient satisfaction, improve their experience by allowing automation to take place on repetitive tasks and focusing on the patient when they, when they do need to come in for care. Mm -hmm. Now, this next question, this may come across as a loaded question because I wanna get your thoughts on digital transformation and the acceptance of technology by, by practices, by patients, you know, thinking about, is it here to stay? So let's, let's get beyond that. I mean, on certain levels. So what do you think is going to make it through? What is going to, what is here to stay as far as that uh, digital acceptance, um, telemedicine acceptance? What do you think staying and uh, what do you think it's going to look like over the next year and beyond? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question, and I I do think that both the provider community, um, as well as the patient community, will demand that portions of it are here to stay. I think that there are um, very uh, valid use cases for telemedicine, things like those uh, you know quick follow ups from lab work, reviewing of test results. Uh, there is still a very much a need to have in person patient care, and and that will. Um, that is going to be a welcomed return to being able to go in and see your physician when that face-to-face -face contact is necessary. But things like you were mentioning um, in terms of, you know, exchanging paper, uh, the ability to, you know, that we're all used to you going to the doctor and, you know, every six to 12 months, they want to see that physical copy of your insurance card mm -hmm. so that they can get a copy of it in a chart. There are many ways now that technologies can provide an electronic um, imprint or or copy of that card or all information that has been validated on that card so that we can, I think you'll see us start to let go of some of those, um, some of those more 
tribal type activities that we have had that have just been uh, ingrained in in the nature of how we've previously done business. And you'll see both the administrative side as well as the practitioner side embrace, you know, getting rid of some of that, uh, what was really administrative waste that we didn't necessarily, um, we weren't able to take a, a, a firm look at until COVID sort of sparked, sparked the requirements. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go back to processes, but I want to talk about it from a different perspective. As you know, burnout has been top of mind in the medical community for years and years. It's only been raised uh, during this pandemic. So what can we do moving forward? How can we identify processes that can address that, can address taking some of that stress and some of that burnout off of the shoulders of practitioners and, and healthcare workers? You know, I think that's 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 going to be key. Uh, I spent prior to my life at Availity, I was around 15 years in direct, um, you know, patient contact, working in revenue cycle management, compliance, and and uh, some some assistance in operations. And it is it is uh, some of the unsung heroes are those that are in the administrative side as well as the uh, those that are assisting the direct practitioners because of the the paperwork that they are forced. Um, the industry has put in place for them to, to interact with. And being able to really identify what are those repetitive processes where you have users that are doing the same thing. You have um, employees who are taking the same action day in and day out without much difference in result. That is where you should really start to look for ways, is there automation in place? And the answer is very likely yes, right? So those things like getting a copy of that insurance card, things like, um, validating if a procedure requires an authorization. Are there tools to, to shed light on that information for uh, a physician's uh, primary assistant to let them know that they can share that information, go ahead and get that procedure scheduled without having to pick up the phone or send a fax. So looking for uh, ways to really put automation in place where there is not direct patient care, I think is the, the first places that you should look. And things that are repetitive in nature and uh, as, as kind of simple as it sounds, those time study type activities. When we're doing an activity, is there value add and how much time are we spending on it? Uh, and looking for those, you know, high, high value add, um, low, uh, uh, high time spent, is there automation to, to put there so that we can continue to get the high value, but we can reduce the time spent? Mm -hmm. I, I want to follow up on what you said. You used the term repetitive a couple of times there when I think about those repetitive processes even to the extent of manual processes that are just repetitive all day long, you know, filing, processing, doing all of those input of information. So what can you say to practices? How can we, you know, get them over to that next level where they're, they're getting rid of some of those repetitive processes and some of those manual processes as well? I think the first, um, and the most underutilized piece of information that executives in the, the medical field can, can really take advantage of is their staff. Listen to your staff. Uh, talk to them about, you know, what are you doing over and over? Are there, are there activities in your day that feel, um, feel to bring frustration? And how can we help with that, right? So if you have someone saying, you know, I always have to bring someone up to sign this particular form at a different time in the workflow than they're signing every other form. 
uh, or I don't ever know if I'm going to need this piece of information to a, for, from a patient until after their visit because we're not asking the questions in the right order or we're not taking advantage of um, the actual uh, technology that's available. Uh, they'll, they'll often tell you, you know, there's this button in my practice management system that says it will do this for us, but we don't seem to, to ever click that button. So ask your staff. They're, they're extremely knowledgeable. They want um, to become more efficient because they want to be happy in their job, and that's going to lead to patient satisfaction um, improvements every single day. And set in their seats, right? So uh, I, I often encourage practitioners, executives to to go out on the floor, to to run the gauntlet. You know, watch watch your intake process. Understand how are you verifying eligibility? How are you ensuring that your patients are informed about what they need to pay out of pocket? Is it a surprise when they come out of the um, the the treatment room? Are you um, informing them up front? Do you have the right places to have those conversations? You know, really looking at uh, digging into what what seems to have likely been in place for, for years, probably in most practices, and taking a fresh uh, set of eyes on it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the MGMA audience, I mean, it's, it's primarily made up of uh, medical practice executives and leaders. I got a great opportunity this week to spend about eight hours with a hundred or so of these medical practice leaders in a two-day seminar that we put on. And I got to see them get really excited about some of the leadership, uh, you know, opportunities that we have, some of the coaching that's out there. And one thing that I do see is when it comes to technology, when it comes to some of these processes like that, there may be some hesitancy. I want to get you to expound on that, whether it's, you know, that fear of the unknown or the uh, fear of maybe just taking a risk and adopting new processes, new uh, technologies that are out there. What would you say to them so they can be as efficient as possible and be the best leaders that they can be uh, as they move forward with their practices? Yeah, I, I really encourage them to not be afraid of change, number one. Um, if we're not, you know, how many times do folks say if we're not changing, we're not growing, right? Mm-hmm. And it is very easy to to fall into the routine. So always be willing to take a, a fresh set of eyes. Pair up with other members of your, your leadership staff. Um, have them take a look, you know. Have someone that's in your finance department go out and, and listen to how your phone operators are, are intaking and taking um, additional information for, for new patients. See if someone that has like a fresh set of eyes can see areas, you know, why do they constantly do that? Don't be afraid to ask why. Uh, I love the um, camaraderie that exists in small specialty societies and forums. You know, really uh, use your neighbors, right? We all mm-hmm. are in a coopetition type um, in front of me environment often, but you know, there's, there's very few new tricks that are being, um, being created. It's, it's a lot of times it's how you fit the existing um, practices to your, to your practice in a new way, right? So existing procedures, existing pieces of, of technology, how does it best fit your practice? Ask around, what are folks um, seeing? And then start small. Uh, I don't ever recommend doing a big bang rollout. I usually, um, if you're introducing a new, a new piece of technology, you know, watch it. Let, pick those that are not adverse to change in your organization. Find some very um, strong advocates, those that are, that are looking for a new way to, to do something better. 
uh, and, and really start some trials and making sure that you put good, uh, good ROI metrics around it to understand, you know, is, is this particular change worth it for our, our organization? Uh, and it's okay to fail. Right, it's okay to fail, but fail fast and understand that you know maybe this this particular piece doesn't work for us. But don't be, um, don't let that mean that other pieces of automation are not are not right for your organization. Yeah, I, I love what you said there. Fail fast. I I do that a lot. So. Yeah, it's, it's okay. There's always there's always going to be a way that we can get better. And if you don't acknowledge that sometimes you're going to fail, you won't acknowledge that there's a way to get better. Exactly. Well. Chrissy, before we sign off then, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience about using technology, any way that it can help reduce stress in the practice, improve employee satisfaction, anything along those lines? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's really um, emotional change management is hard, right? And that all of healthcare, um, whether you're administrative or a practitioner, have been through so much in the past, you know, 18 months through the pandemic and it's not quite over yet, right? So understand that your staff, your organization is already, um, they're already stressed. So acknowledge it. Don't, don't pretend that it's, it's not something that needs to be addressed as you introduce change. So talk with your staff, um, get very cross-functional cooperative um, committees that work on uh, introducing any sort of change and and know that you have to give space for your employees to to voice their opinions and um, explain you know why a piece of technology may or may not help them but also be firm in that we we have to make a change right be be transparent um, the organization I work with um, Availity you know we're very transparent about everything from our for our financial numbers to our net promoter score to you know, how, how we're going to change strategy, get buy-in from your organization, help them know how they can um, really improve the patient experience. And that is ultimately why everyone is in healthcare, right? Even if you're on the administrative and the technology side, when you imp improve that employee set, you're going to improve the patient set, which is why we're all here. That's great. All right. Well, Chrissy, thanks so much for joining us on the show today and for sharing these insights with us. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Chrissy Hudson. And thanks to Nuance and to CCSP for their support of this week's show. CCSP is ready to learn how you measure success and build a custom solution to meet it. Learn more at callcentersalespro.com slash MGMA and visit nuance.com slash DAX to sign up for a live stream demo and explore how DAX, Nuance's ambient clinical intelligence solution, can transform your organization. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. MGMA Insights is presented by Declan McGee, Rob Ketchum, and I'm Daniel Williams. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. 
If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com membership. Thanks. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, there's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. MGMA Analytics is your AI-enabled tool that upscales technology you've already been paying for, so you can silo your disparate systems and make data-backed business decisions. Visit mgma.com analytics and see how AI can revolutionize your finances and operations. Again, visit mgma.com analytics today.